0: Hello everyone and welcome to the third episode of the True North Podcast, I'm your host Benedict Rhodes. Beijing 2022 has finally arrived. This episode is coming out on the morning of Friday, February 4th here in the Eastern Time Zone, after the opening ceremony has already taken place, but it was recorded the day before. This episode of the podcast is all about previewing the Beijing games, and joining me today is Matthew Liam Bruni, my co-host on the YouTube channel On the Sidelines, to discuss Metal Hopes, the Flag Bearer announcement, memories of Pyeongchang 2018, and much more hope you enjoy our discussion. I'm very pleased now to be joined by Matthew Lee and Brody. Matthew, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I'm fine. Thank you. Uh, as I said in the intro, this episode is all about previewing Beijing 2022. Uh, the games have finally arrived. Athletes have finally started competing in some sports as well, as we'll get to. Um, but Tokyo 2020 was just a few months ago, Matthew. So how excited are you to you know, already have another Olympics underway?
1: Yeah, I'm very excited. I mean, obviously, this is uh, it's, anytime we have a, a new Olympics upcoming, it's obviously a very exciting time, especially you know, if you're a Canadian who uh, you know, witnessed a lot of great moments in, uh, from last year's Tokyo Olympics. And I think we're expecting to see a lot more uh, podium finishes for Canada at these upcoming games.
0: For sure. And uh, as I mentioned, Beijing 2022 is, is technically already underway uh the opening ceremony um for the opening ceremony sorry with curling women's hockey freestyle skiing amongst some of the events to do like preliminary rounds of, of their competitions uh what have you made of Canada's performances so far like they're they're one and one in the mixed doubles and, and a huge win over Switzerland and hockey as well
1: yeah well I mean the women's ice hockey I mean the hockey team like dominates Switzerland which I mean I wasn't expecting like a 12-1 final which is a a very uh a, a, an amazing way for Canada to start the uh, tournament. Of course, um, of course, these women are trying to fight back the uh, for the gold after uh, the US uh, took it from them essentially in the Olympics four years ago in Pyeongchang. So I think it was a great way for Canada to start. I, I think Sarah Fuller had t- two goals, if, um, if I'm not wrong, so, and at least in the first period too. So she's already been great. You know, Mary-Philippe Fulan, of course, is on the team, uh, Spooner, and of course, a lot of great players are on this team and obviously also too, coming off of a, uh, uh a women's world championship win and beating the States in the uh, gold medal game last year. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of expectations for C- Canada, obviously, but yeah, what a way to start for them.
0: For sure. And, uh, you mentioned, uh, don't want to beat the Americans. Uh, you mentioned that they lost in a shootout in 2018 unfortunately the Americans have, have been dealt a pretty big injury with uh Brianna Decker for the tournament already after just the first game with it with a bad injury. Uh, but as you said, Matthew, both of these, both of those teams, you know, hockey and curling, both of them have the expectation, right, of winning gold and of being realistic shots at being medal contenders. How important do you think it is to you know get off to a good start and, and enter the rest of the competition on a high like this?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's, it, it, I think, I think it's definitely important to have a good start. I mean, if we're talking about you know uh, Rachel Holman, and John Morris, they have had a shaky start to say the least. I mean. Obviously, starting off the tournament with the uh, loss to Great Britain. I mean, obviously, I know you're excited about that. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, having, uh, having lost to Great Britain to start out the tournament was kind of tough for them. Obviously, you've got nine more, nine more games after that to play, of course. So, they did bounce back uh, with a narrow win against Norway um, on Thursday morning Eastern time. So, yeah, we'll just have to see. I think it's just about, you know, bonding together and, uh, you know, just trying to be on the same page, essentially to have success.
0: And uh, elsewhere in the preliminary competitions, Mikhail Kingsbury and and Justine DeFor lapuant two former Olympic champions in in the Moguls, they're both through the next round as well. Uh, How how excited are you to see Mikhail Kingsbury and see if he can keep up his, his, he's a legend in in Moguls, right? Like how excited are you to see him uh, kind of hopefully keep that up?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he's had obviously a great, amazing career and obviously has uh, two uh, medals under his belt. Um, And I think, you know, solidifying himself as one of the one of the great one of the greatest skiers we should say in history. I mean, obviously, like having uh, um, another gold or silver would, I think, make him uh, one of those one of the greatest mogul skiers, skiers, maybe not just in Canada, maybe in the world. And um, yeah, I'm just excited to see what he brings. Obviously, he was already in first place in the, uh, the qualifying ground. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited to see what he brings to the table.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think he's a hundred podiums, I believe, in his World Cup career, and seventy wins or something ridiculous. And and the second Olympic gold for sure would, would put him, I think, above Alexandre Bilodeau for sure, in terms of Canadian mogul skiers. But uh, I think if he's if he's already the best mogul skier in the world, which I think he is. I think another gold would would absolutely I think secure that legacy forever. Yeah, no doubt. Um, who, who else do you think are some medal contenders for Canada? Like give us a couple names, maybe of people you're keeping an eye on ahead of these Olympics.
1: Yeah, there's I mean, there's a uh, I've come up with like four four Canadian hopefuls. Um, I, I mean these are some more common names for uh, Olympic fans of uh, the past couple of Olympic games. Um, uh, for example, obviously Mikael Kingsbury is one of them. Uh, there's Max Perot, who's uh, obviously a, a huge male contender for Canada in snowboarding. So excited to see what he brings. Uh, Jennifer Jones, who is competing in the uh, women's curling. Uh, you know I, it was a little. Uh, a little disappointing for the Canadians not to uh, get gold in the last Olympics. And I think, you know, coming back into these games that obviously it's a go- it, their kind of mindset is gold or, you know, but like obviously bust, but I mean, hopefully they, they bounce back in a great way in these Olympic games. And I also have uh, Charles, Charles Hamlin in the short track, who's uh, had an amazing short track speed skating career. And, um, you know, again, like the, three names I've already listed has a lot of expectations ahead of these uh, games in Beijing. And uh, yeah, we'll just, uh, we'll just see what he brings.
0: Yeah. Those are all good names. And we'll get, we'll get to Charles Hamelin in a minute as well. Let's talk about the flag bear announcement, but uh, yeah, those, those are all great names for medical tenders. I'll also add uh, Cynthia Appia and Christine De Bruin in the monoball, which is a new sport for, for Beijing. Uh, they're both, think they're, I think they're one and two or one and three or something in, in the world cup standings this year. So They'll definitely both being attention for not only gold, but maybe both finishing on the podium as well. Um, Cassie Sharp as well in the skiing, um, freestyle skiing. She also won a gold last time out. And uh, she had a pretty bad injury last year, I believe. But um, yeah, she'll also definitely be in the in the middle conversation as well. Um and also Justin Cripps as well from the, the two-man bobsleigh and the four-man bobsleigh. He he won- he shared the gold medal in, in 2018, uh, in, in the two-man bobsleigh, which I think it's pretty probably pretty rare for a sport with such small margins like that but uh yeah what, what do you remember about the let's go back a bit in time I guess to the 2018 Olympics what do you remember about about those games and, and maybe some lasting memories from from Pyeongchang
1: yeah I mean obviously uh, we talked about it already but the heartbreak for uh, the Canadian women's hockey team to uh losing a shootout uh against their against the rivals the states of course um and also uh, Kim Boutin, I think I'm pronouncing your name right. She won uh, three medals in the uh, 2018 Olympics in uh, short track, and obviously that was a great moment for uh, for her and Canada. And um, and also, I mean, j- just you know, a, lo- a lot of a lot of exciting hockey and curling, and even as as we were talking about before, mixed doubles with uh, you know John Morris, obviously coming back for 2022. But of course, in 2018, winning gold um, was another. Exciting moment for uh, for a sport that was making its debut, mixed doubles in uh, in the Olympics. And uh, what a way for Canada to start out the history of mixed doubles in Olympics. There,
0: yeah, for sure. And like you said, they'll they'll want to try and repeat that with. Oh, this this time is with Rachel Holman. Last time it was with Caitlin Laws. But uh, you said, yeah, I mean, definitely he'll he'll definitely uh, be looking to do that. There's some also some strong contenders as well. Bruce Moat uh, and Great Britain, as you mentioned earlier, beat them in the first preliminary game and, and it'll also be in the contention. I think it's one of the best curlers in the world and uh, we'll definitely, definitely be a contender there as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, we'll have to see how they uh, perform, uh, Morris and, uh, and Holman, but yeah, the, it's, uh, it'll be exciting to see how these next couple of days go for them in uh, group playing, hopefully in the, in the metal round.
0: For sure. Um, yeah. Some of my, my lasting memories of Toronto chain 2018, like I think the main one is the figure skating team, right? Like, kind of miraculously winning the gold medal in that team competition. And a lot of them retired after as well, right? Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer, Patrick Chan. A lot of these people who are considered, you know, a lot of the best figure skaters Canada's ever had. Um, So for them to to go out on on a gold medal and and Tessa and Scott going on two gold medals as well, the Golden Ice Dance as well. like um, That that was a a lasting memory for sure. Um, on, On the American side of things as well, two young Americans, Red Gerard and Chloe Kim, both... Born in 2000, like us, it's kind of cool seeing them win gold medals. Uh, they're the first two, I believe, to from the born in the 21st century to win gold medals at the Winter Olympics. So, uh, that that was always cool to see as well. And and uh, those two young stars and and uh, also in ice hockey, Pavel Datsuk winning the gold medal with the Russian Olympic team or Olympic athletes from Russia, I guess. Um, they, they that was really awesome to see as well after his his you know Hall of Fame level career.
1: Yeah. And I mean, there's something else I was going to add to it, uh, even like even just the bobsled too, for, um, for Canada too. I mean, having a, you know, I mean, we'll, t- I, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but I, I mean, bobsleigh is a very, an exciting sport, especially if, um, you know, for, uh, an athlete, like uh, former Canadian, I should say Kaylee Humphreys, for example, um, you know, now obviously with the States, um, but yeah, that was another exciting moment for when she was a former Canadian bobsled. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and you mentioned it too, the uh, uh, figure skating mixed mixed team, of course, the uh, debuting, debuting sorry, in the Olympics. Um, yeah, just uh, a lot of exciting moments from uh, 2018.
0: And uh, Kaylee Humphries will be another one of the contenders in, in the Monobob, the first ever Monobob competition at the Olympics alongside the two I mentioned. Cynthia Appia and uh, Christine DeBruin, so potentially three Canadians uh, <laughs> uh, on the on the board uh, for, in that competition. Even though, as Matthew mentioned, uh, Kaylee Humphreys no longer competes for Canada. Um, a, a few days ago, I mentioned this uh, a couple minutes ago. A few days ago, we learned who Canada's flag bearers are going to be uh, for the opening ceremony. Uh, this episode will come out on on the morning of the opening ceremony, so we'll already have seen Charles Hamelin and Melory Marie- Philippe Poulin carrying the Maple Leaf. But what do you think about the uh, selection of those two athletes?
1: Yeah, I think they're amazing choices for uh, for Canada, and obviously having a combined eight medals um, between the, the two between the two athletes, you know, just shows how uh, how dominant both of them are, are each, each in their respective sports. And um, yeah, I mean, and I I love the fact that they're having you know both a uh, a male and female athlete com- um, carrying the flag for Canada. Um, just like we saw in uh, Tokyo with, uh, two, with, a, with a male and female athlete. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think they made great choices for uh, two iconic Canadian athletes in, in both of their sports.
0: And then Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer, going back to them as well, they also both held the flag for Canada in 2018, I believe. Um, yeah. I, I agree with you. Like uh, Charles Amelan, I believe he can, he can break the record for most decorated male Winter Olympian. He picks up a medal. Uh, and if picks up two, he'll tie Penny Alexiak for the most Canadian Olympic medals ever. So uh this goes to show how much of a legendary athlete he is. Excuse me. And um and uh you know, he said three gold medals, two of them in Vancouver on home on home ice as well. Marie Marie Philippe scored the, the winning goal in 2010 and 2014 in the women's hockey. So uh you know, she knows how to win golds and, and a shootout loss in 2018 as well. And she could have been a three-time gold medalist. And um, yeah, definitely two two legendary athletes for sure.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Very, very uh, already implemented in Olympic history.
0: For sure. Uh, any early predictions for the closing ceremony? I mean, obviously a lot can change in, in two weeks, but uh, do you have any kind of, any kind of early guesses, I guess, or who might be kind of in that fold?
1: Oh man, that's, uh, a, I mean, there's obviously a lot that can uh, happen these next two weeks, but if we're talking about closing ceremony flag bearers, I think right now I got to say Mikael Kingsbury has got to be one of them. Um, hmm. <laughs> maybe Jennifer Jones, if I think if they can have a, a, a successful Olympics, maybe winning gold, silver, we'll see what happens. But I think maybe that those two m- might make a good, um, some great closing ceremony flag bears. Um, even, uh, you know, obviously having Charles Hamlet again would be great, but I think, you know, you want to mix it up, obviously. Um. Yeah, but I think that, you know, right now, giving, given what we know, uh, obviously, about these athletes and how successful they both are, I think right now I could say those two athletes. And actually, no, I should also, I should also add Eric Stahl from, the, from Team Canada, the captain for the uh, men's team, if uh, hopefully they get back to their gold, uh, their gold medal ways. But yeah, maybe, maybe even Eric Stahl. I mean, imagine, like, you know, having him as a, as a flag bearer for canada after when hopefully winning gold for uh, the country you know just i guess a couple of uh,
0: considerations there yeah there's also some great names but as you mentioned right, a lot can change in two weeks so there'll be some new stars who emerge at these olympics of course there's uh, a lot of names who aren't known yet but will be household names i guess in, in a couple of weeks time uh you mentioned eric Stahl uh and the men's hockey team uh what do you think the expectation is for them obviously you know russia has a, their khl all-star team essentially here again and and Canada, obviously, and other teams can't bring their NHL players. So do you think uh, Russia is one of the favorites here or, or do you think uh, another team can upset them?
1: Yeah, I mean, f- first off, I mean, I was kind of devastated that we weren't going to have NHL players at the games. Um, you know, obviously what the league was going through with COVID and all those issues was, you know, that, that sort of brought the reason to uh, their decision. Um, I think right now, I think it's going to be a three-way race between Canada, the States and Russia um of course russia or i should say russia olympic committee has um khl players on their team and you know khl players are obviously phenomenal and um and as, as you mentioned they did win gold in 2018 so they're obviously looking to um keep their keep their gold medal in their hands but um i think you know if if if, if team canada can uh you know build the chemistry with you know owen power mason mctavish um, uh, eric stahl of course is their captain i think if they all if they all can you know have a great uh, just have how should i say this like have a great olympics all together and, and you know be successful i think they can hopefully get gold back from the state or sorry i say sorry i should say russia not the states
0: yeah i agree i, th- I think it is an uphill battle i think the russians or the russian olympic committee uh will, will be good but uh i agree you know canada they can, they can always cause problems right like i think Canada and the United States and and Russia are are kind of lucky in how deep they can they can have their player pool from, or like I think other other countries maybe like like teams like Finland and, and Sweden for example are gonna really miss their NHL players I think more than Canada or the United States will, uh, but at the same time obviously those leagues you know the the Swedish Elite League and and the Finnish League as well like those leagues also obviously do produce good players as well and and uh, if you listen to episode two of of the True North podcast my um, guest Luke Garrison he uh, kind of said like. Um, how, I don't know how NHL players might actually also be good for the smaller countries because now there's more of a, maybe, maybe less of a gap in talent than there would have been if it was any NHL players versus players from Sweden or, or the Finnish leagues.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I should also mention too, Germany did win silver in the last game. So maybe, maybe a team looked out for, I don't, I mean, we, I, I don't, I'm not too familiar with the German roster, but um, you know, another team maybe to keep an eye out for surprisingly winning silver in the last Olympics. But yeah, I think right now, you know, with any no NHL players in these Olympics, I think it's kind of wide open for uh, maybe a three, four, four man race at this point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, one other huge piece of Canadian Olympic news this week is that Canada and the Canadian Olympic committee and the Paralympic committee uh, are interested in hosting the 2030 Olympics. So bringing them back to Canada, bringing them to back to Vancouver and Whistler specifically. Uh, with an indigenous led bid for the games, uh, what do you think that would mean for Canada and sports in this country after all the successes of, of Vancouver 2010 to bring it back again in 2030?
1: I mean, yeah, it would, it would be amazing if if they'd be able to host again. And you know, having uh, you know, this time around, having you know, First Nations being involved in this Olympic big, I think it's amazing for uh, for that, for for the city, for uh, Canada, and hopefully, hopefully, they can get in. I mean, there's obviously still a lot of uh, A lot of time, I think until the decision for 2030, like who the host will be is, uh, you know, there's a lot to still be decided. But I think if they can get the uh, if they can win the Olympic bet, I think that will be huge for Canada. I think, you know, from an economic and sport perspective, a lot of perspectives, it would be great for uh, for Vancouver and the country.
0: Yeah, I agree. They're going to have some tough competition in Salt Lake City, um, who also, I believe, want to host those games and bring the games back to, to that country or back to that city as well um but yeah I, I agree i think vancouver would be would be an excellent host again and and uh like i said the economic possibilities are interesting as well because i believe um one of the groups who wants to bring the vancouver games uh bring the olympics back to vancouver rather um they've spoken about how they want to do it you know taxpayer free like just have private investors and i think uh that's also very interesting and, and very kind of uh if they if they can get that done that, that'd be huge i think and, and and i think vancouver and the people over there would support the bid a lot more if, if it meant you know not paying for it <laughs> yeah <laughs> um before you go matthew it's, it's tradition on this podcast about the first three episodes to do a, a rapid fire round um okay <laughs> no hesitation this, this can be the first thing that comes to mind okay all right uh at the start of this episode we talked about the pre- preliminary competitions that have already taken place in beijing uh which canadian athlete has stood out to you the most so far
1: mikhail kingsbury <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, we've already said, I mean, he's already placed first in, uh, uh, you know, the first qualifying round. So I, I mean, I've got to say as of now him.
0: Yeah, that's a good answer. My answer is uh, Sarah Fillier from the uh, women's hockey team, two goals in, in within five minutes of her Olympic debut, I think, or something like that, including like a minute in, batting the puck out of the air, an amazing goal. So, uh, yeah, I'll go for her for my answer. Um, give me one non-Canadian athlete you're keeping an eye on for Beijing.
1: Um, we, we talked about her before, Kaylee Humphries. Um, this was somebody, I mean, obviously, this is her first Olympic un, Olympics under, you know, being a, a state c- citizen, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see how she uh, performs under the states. I mean, you know, obviously a, a common name for Canadians, but yeah, just a, a non-Canadian athlete to, or non-Canadian athlete to look out for, for me.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go for uh, another American. I'm gonna go for Sean White, the uh, half-pipe snowboarder. He's... He's a great entertainer. He has three Olympic gold medals already. And, and uh, you know, you never know with that guy. Just when it seems like he's maybe on the back end of his career and, and maybe going to retire soon, he comes out and wins another gold medal in, in Pyeongchang. And and now he's going to have another shot at it here in, in Beijing. So you never know uh, what he can do. And if he doesn't win, you know, at least he'll be entertaining and uh, good, good, good to watch on TV. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, third one, Canada has won 25 medals at each of the past three Olympics. Will they do it again here in Beijing?
1: I think they're going to exceed 25. I think there's a lot of Olympic hope, uh, medal hopefuls for Canada. And I think, you know, there's a lot of stacked rosters if we're talking about freestyle skiing, um, short track speed skating, bobsled, um, you know, hockey, curling, of course. Um, so I think, yeah, I think they can surpass 25 if if not tie 25 medals.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think they'll be on that bubble, the sort of 23, 25 range and uh, I think they'll do it as well, or, or at least make it very, very close. Uh, we, yeah, we've mentioned his name a few times now. Um, will anyone beat Mikhail Kingsbury for the mogul's gold or will he remain the king of the hill?
1: I think he's going to be king of the hill. Um, you know, in obviously in the qualifying round, it's been uh, pretty tight so far. I think he's, uh, his mar- the margin between him and uh second place is, is two points. So, um, obviously a very close uh, competition so far, but I think at the, in the end, we'll see him win uh, gold for Canada.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, Canada's dominated moguls over the years. Um, they've won the last three. Um, and I think they'll probably do it again as well. I I'll do it again another. Um, last, last one. Uh, which event are you looking forward to the most from these Beijing Olympics?
1: Um, I got a couple of mine, but I think for me, the one I look forward to most is short track speed skating. And that sport, I mean, obviously there's a lot like, there's a lot of craziness that can happen in that sport. Maybe even one of the more entertaining ones, in my opinion, in, in the uh, Winter Olympics. Um, and yeah, it, you know, if we're talking 500 meters, which is a, a very fast sprint, or 3,000 meters, there's a lot of craziness that can happen within, uh, you know, the, the the time of racing. And so, I think for me, with that, bobsled and hockey, those are the sports I'm looking forward to.
0: Yeah, I agree. Speed, uh, sorry, speed skating and uh, also skeleton as well as one of my kind of one of my favorites is the margins for error in these sports are, are so slim. And obviously, you know, seeing people slide around on ice and, and go skating around on ice is obviously really exciting. And, uh, you know, Olympics are here, right? Like, let's uh, let's go. Let's get the games underway. And well, they will be underway by the time this podcast is out. And um, yeah, that's definitely looking forward to uh, Beijing 2022.
1: For sure. And thank you again for uh, for having me on. <laughs>
0: Yeah, thanks for coming on and uh, maybe tell, tell people where they can follow you online.
1: So they can follow me on Instagram at matt.leo85. Um, of course, uh, on the sidelines as well with, uh, with me and you doing on the sidelines, of course. So you can follow me there too.
0: Yeah, everyone go drop a follow to those. And, and Matthew, thanks again for coming on and, and for your time. Thank you again. Thank you again to Matthew Liam Bruni for being the third ever guest here on the True North podcast. If you like this and want to be the first person to listen to future episodes, as well as receive all new written stories directly into your inbox, you can subscribe for free at truenorthsports.substack.com. And starting today, Friday, February 4th, there'll be daily recaps of all the Team Canada news in and around Beijing 2022. You can also follow True North on Twitter at truenorthsports and on Instagram at truenorthsport. My name is Benedict Rhodes, and thank you again for listening to episode number three. I'll see you again next time.